What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. Who do we have today, honey? Today, we have Elisa and Chris to talk about babies, fertility, IVF, all the, all the things. Um, so, Elisa is an integrative nutrition health coach, self-care expert, and founder of Eat, Heal, Move, a global health coaching practice focused on supporting women as they prepare for contraception and pregnancy. She is a Vedic meditator. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. Okay, which I didn't know what that was, and I Googled it, and we can talk about it in a second. I thought it was like a Star Wars thing. I was like, that's cool. She is also a home cook and fur mom to Bruce. She lives in Brooklyn, New York with her husband, Chris, and their friendie. Chris works in finance as in a, for a leading U.S. investment bank, is a marathon marathoner, excuse me, Vedic medita- meditator, avid learner and knowledge seeker of all things self-development economics and sustainability which chris i've never met you before but i already love you he (laughs) is an aussie with scottish heritage fur dad to bruce and a diehard manchester united fan elisa and chris have been together for 13 years married for eight and expats for 90 percent of the of that time have lived in sydney london new york where they now call home Wow! Oh my gosh! Welcome! That's welcome! Welcome! Thank you so much for having us. I was so surprised, Chris. I've never met you before, and I know a lot about Lisa, but don't know much about you. And I was very happy to hear, or surprised to hear, that you've been together for 13 years. Because in April, we're celebrating 14 years together, four years married. And mm-hmm. I feel it's very uncommon to see people around our age together for so long. So I'm very excited to learn more about you two as a couple and hear all of the lovey-dovey stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are often surprised that we've been together for such a long time. And likewise with you guys, I didn't realize that you had met firstly like over 30 years ago yeah. as kids and then together for so long. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely rare. Those stories. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we have lots to talk about, so let's just dive into Wednesday wisdom. Let's do it. Um, would, would anyone like to start? I have to get my book because yeah, I, I want to read something from my book. So yeah, I'll go. Start. I'll go ahead and lead this off. Um, so I have I have um, four slash like eight employees uh, at my company. We have four full time employees, well, five full time employees, and like a lot of different freelancers. And leading by example, um, and uh, and letting your employees know when they're fucking up has been like a hard thing for me to do. Like to have those hard conversations. So uh, I had to have one of those hard conversations, and I just prefaced it with like, "Hey, this makes me really uncomfortable." Um, but we're here because of some stuff that you're doing, like, let's talk about it, you know? And I've just found that like having those hard conversations, uh, even though they are hard, um, definitely make up for a better work environment. If you can, if you can, cause I work with really great people, you know, you can just be like, Hey, like this is, this is bothering me and I need to, it needed to change. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know I was doing that. Cool. Great. And then we move on. So yeah, that's my Wednesday wisdom. Don't be afraid to have hard conversations with your employees or staff or coworkers if they're in, awesome. in a nice and friendly way. Don't just scream <laughs> at them, you know, but yeah. I love that. I feel like it's sometimes the like anticip- anticipatory anxiety that's actually worse than the conversation itself. And then once mm-hmm. you have that conversation and can clear the air, it's like, okay, like let's all just move forward. 
it's always yep. so much better yeah 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 agree it's hard for me because i'm i'm so much like lead by example do everything myself that i have a hard time delegating and so it's like <laughs> it's a little bit my own fault you know <laughs> so yeah yeah would anyone like to go next uh sure i'll jump in um i wanted to share a quote that i heard recently from a client actually so a big part of my work is like helping clients implement self-care that is like really manageable and easy to implement so that it doesn't feel like an extension of your day um and she came back to me with the quote you can't squeeze water out of a dry sponge which i think is just like so important to remember that we have to like fill our own cups and nurture ourselves so that we can be the best of ourselves to give to other people Dang. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you posted that, and I was like scrolling, scrolling. Oh, whoa, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So good, so good. Good little nugget. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also have a quote, so I will go next and share my quote. Um, do you all watch uh, Queer Eye? Yes. yes. Big so fans over here. <laughs> yes. So I'm reading Karamo's book, which I highly recommend. It's so fascinating. Um, And he has had so many struggles that I just had no idea. And he was going for this interview and he was really nervous about it because of his past. Um, He was on The Real World. I don't know if you all knew that, but um, he was kind of portrayed as this party animal and he was trying to make a serious career for himself and he was having a hard time doing that. Anywho, he goes to this interview and he's really nervous and he's look he says he looked he looked himself in self in the mirror and said you are not your past you have prepared for your future a yes can propel you but a no will never hurt you and that really really spoke to me <laughs> um and i just thought that, that was really powerful because you know oftentimes we feel like uh, or at least I can, a, a no is like such a disappointing thing when you're trying to move forward in your career. And being a professional dancer, I've had so many no's <laughs> in my life. And it took me a long time to realize that like a no, you know, especially for, for my field, like a no isn't an, a no because of me. It could be a no because they weren't looking for white women or it could be a no because I was too tall for the role or, you know, it's, there's so many factors that go into no, but sometimes we hear no and we think it's like, you know, all ending. So that Mm -hmm. really spoke to me. Nice. I love that. And sometimes the no is a blessing in disguise because it sets you on a different course, which (laughs) might turn out to be the right path. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm a, I'm a massive Karamo fan. We've actually just, I've actually just read, he finished his reading his book. Yeah, yeah. He, he's oh, amazing. whoa, that's great. We've both awesome. read it, and Jonathan's book is also amazing. Jonathan Bennett. He, from you can't see, but our books are all up here, and he's next on my list. I bought yeah. both of their books at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, yeah Karamo, Karamo's definitely my favorite. Um, and yeah, oh, I just love that show, and I can't wait for it to come back. <laughs> Chris, what about you? You got some wisdom for so us? My mine's cold water. So um, I I recently I got the Christmas uh, Wim Hof's book uh, from mm-hmm. Melissa. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. And um, he's kind of got three big things going on that he like recommends people implement into their lives. And one of them's breathing. One of them's 
uh, meditation and one of them is like cold water exposure. Uh, so basically uh, every day I take my warm shower, you know, keep it nice and warm and comfortable. And then just before I get out, I, I turn the cold on. So I You're crazy. <laughs> 30 seconds for the first week, then a minute, then 90 seconds, then two minutes. Wow. Uh, I, do every, I do that every day. Um, and yeah, I mean, the benefits are associated with um, helping like fight inflammation, um, mm-hmm. helping like strengthen your immune system and it definitely wakes you up in the morning. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, you know, something that you can easily implement into your life. You don't have to change a thing. Yeah. Um, I think most people take a shower every day during COVID, yeah. maybe not every day for me, but <laughs> <laughs> in, my, in my former life. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely like an easy win and it's something to easy, easily implement into your life. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's like, win. that's sacrilegious for Corey. Corey takes the hottest I, showers that when I, he gets out, his skin is okay. red. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys, me. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. So my mother <laughs> was like really into yoga like alternative she was therapies the original woo woo she was su- my mom is super fucking woo and i was i was um i started playing hockey when i was 10 and when i was 16 i was like picked to go play on this team all the way across the country so i left home early but my mom would make me take cold showers before hockey games yeah. oh, i don't think i knew that as like a you this is what you need because we would have to play so early She'd be like, get in there. And then in your last 30 seconds, you have to take a cold shower. And then I'd be awake and it would be fine. But I hated yeah. it. Because then I'd have to yeah. go to a cold ice rink. So I was doing that Wim Hof shit like before he was famous. Because my mom yeah. is insane. But, your like, mom is the original Wim Hof. <laughs> she's like, it's just, it's so funny to hear people be like, cold showers are great. But it brings me back to my life. Because I, I would do it before every game. And I played until I was 20 years old. So I was taking showers almost every day like cold showers like almost every day every time i'd have a game for 20 for 20 years that's why i don't do it anymore i don't like it (laughs) i also but maybe i'll give it a try (laughs) i also love when like something is like new and it's like you know the fat of the moment and then we realize that people have been doing it for like (laughs) you 20 years or like i'm not trying to smash it yeah (laughs) no i i'm i it definitely there was a reason I did it. Like it worked. Like, you yeah. know, I just, as I've gotten older, I don't like being uncomfortable all that often. So that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the reasons. That was one of his reasons. He said, you know, people are like, and I'm obviously one of those people that likes the life of comfort. So it's just like, it's something easy you can implement into your life that kind of shocks your system. So yeah, yeah. I might, tr- I might try it again. Yeah. We've done like cold plunges, but yeah we have friends that live in Asheville and there's this place that every time we visit we go and um it's like I guess it's a spa it's a spa but it's, but it's, it's, it's more of like a bathhouse it's a bathhouse yeah but they have they have like a routine like you go in the sauna for x amount of minutes you go in the cold plunge and then you yeah. sit out and warm and then you do the cycle like two or three mm-hmm. times and you walk out just like your body's buzzing and you just you feel high i felt it's, like i had smoked yeah. a joint I was it's like, wonderful this is great <laughs> <laughs> i've done that in like yeah. outside of byron bay a couple of times in like a little town called mullumbimby which is like total woo-woo hippie town in australia <laughs> so cool. yeah some to it. Ugh. Yeah, my my business partner just got engaged, uh, and his fiance is from Australia. And the first thing I thought was like, dual citizenship, you motherfucker! Yeah. You're so lucky. God, <laughs> so That's cool. Yeah. That's so why cool. I married Chris. <laughs> <laughs> was that British passport? <laughs> there you go. 
Well, that's a great segue into how did you two meet and been together for 13 years? So we met uh, way back in 20, no, 2007 (laughs) um, at Bondi Beach after the City to Surf, which is a running event in Sydney. How far is it? It's it's 14 kilometres, so about eight miles. Okay. Yeah. um, And there was kind of like this after party or like everyone goes to a like a bar after the running event and he was there with his friends and I was there with a friend and he came up to me and um made a remark about the color of the medal that I got because I had a bronze medal (laughs) and he apparently had a gold medal (laughs) and that's how the conversation started and like back in those days before like online dating or social media I gave him my business card (laughs) um at the time I was working for Cosmopolitan magazine so I thought that was like pretty cool to give him my business card and then he emailed me and a month later I finally replied and said let's go for a run after work um and then kind of chickened out so we had a drink instead and then it was (laughs) the first drink that he told me he was moving to London um and I was like "Ooh, hard to get um, <laughs> and here we are all those years later so yeah. yeah so did you do long distance for a while uh not like officially we were touch yeah I think you told me you were moving to London probably four weeks out before you left and I was like okay this is going nowhere but let's be friends um but there was just like there was obviously chemistry and I think we kind of saw each other as much as we possibly could in those four weeks like having Mm -hmm. lunch dates we would meet like after work and yeah we were kind of inseparable for those four weeks and then he moved and I was like oh I think there was something there um so then we just remained in touch with each other via email and you would call me always during Grey's Anatomy (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) um and then I think it was uh, about two years later that I decided to move to London um and that's when we kind of made it official and I said I'll just stay with you for like two weeks until I find my footing and get a job and get you know set up and I never moved out so I've kind of been living (laughs) day one of dating wow so quickly so four weeks and then just phone calls I mean that's not dissimilar to yeah that's That's not dissimilar to us actually just kind of moved right in yeah yeah that's funny. Same. Wow. We didn't That's have cool. to have that like awkward conversation of like, when should right. we move in together? Because it just, just happened. That <laughs> That's so that, cool. Yeah. Good for you, Chris. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and when did you all start trying for kids? Uh, 2017 was kind of our first. We decided that we wouldn't, what do they say? Like, you're not trying, but you're not not trying Mm -hmm. yeah um and we fell pregnant very quickly like pretty much within a month of deciding that we were like on that path to parenthood um and then yeah it's kind of like that initial pregnancy there was a lot of like blissful ignorance you get those two big lines and you just think that like that's a guarantee and 
-hmm. you don't even think of the likelihood of something going wrong or the chance of miscarriage because once again it's like something that people don't talk about um so I think we were surprised how common it was but um yeah that was that was back in 2017 and we miscarried about 10 weeks later in 2018 and that was kind of the start of our long pregnancy conception journey yeah yeah Yeah, one of the things that I love is that I I don't remember if we were recording or not but um, how open you are about talking about your miscarriage and your journeys or your journey Um, because as we have started trying and we similar to you like we're trying but we're not not trying but we're not trying type situation um, in over a year ago Um, and similar, I kind of thought like, well, it'll just happen because it's kind of easy and that's how it happens. Yeah. And then now that I'm in, we're in this journey, I'm learning more about how common it is to not get pregnant for a very long time and how common a miscarriage is. And I had a friend who just had a miscarriage and she was telling me all these facts and I'm sure you can correct me, but is it one in four pregnancies or one in three pregnancies? It's one in four pregnancies. Yeah. <clears throat> well, end in a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, that is such a high number for me to like, when I heard her say mm-hmm. that, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> because surely if it's that many people, mm-hmm. people would be talking about it more. Like we would hear about it, but you don't hear about yeah. it. And, and I, oh, sorry to jump in. I was just going to say, and I think that statistic refers to confirmed pregnancies and I think there's a lot of Mm. people that have what's called a chemical pregnancy where they miscarry without even knowing that they have um, because they just think it's their period a couple of days late or a little bit heavier than than usual Um, so yeah I think it's one in four of confirmed but yeah it's it's a big number and no one talks about it no I I didn't even know about um about a what did you chemical I didn't even know about that pregnancy yeah and now I'm like replaying all of my all my periods in the past year I'm like yeah I could see her I just saw you zone out I just saw her zone out for like a hard second I just also feel like like uh I mean as a mid-30s dude like I was horribly misinformed I think we all were. I don't. I would about, love to hear what it's like in Australia, but for, just about for how us, easy, like like, my, like the way that my I think at least for me that we grew up was like you can get pregnant like doing touching like this. It's like, so easy. Don't do it. Don't, don't have like, sex. Don't at all. You know, yeah. so your whole life. Totally. And you said you want to try to have a kid, and then you and then it's like actually you should have been you should have done this like in your mid twenties because <laughs> technically like, and so now I'm like what the. I wish I would have been a little more informed is all, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like growing up and in school, they teach you how not to get pregnant. Because <laughs> as you say, like, you think you're going to get pregnant looking right. at somebody or kissing them. <laughs> um, and the reality is that, like, it just doesn't happen. Like, not everyone ovulates every month. And, um, you know, there's just so many things that play into, I mean, this miracle of pregnancy and of life and, I think it's only in retrospect now that we're like three and a half years into it that you realize how much is at play to make this, you know, perfect embryo and for everything to kind of, yeah. Yeah. Develop and grow and yeah. I mean, it's 3D printing a live (laughs) object. (laughs) 
Like, how hard is it for humans to 3D print stuff, like, just, like, plastic? <laughs> and you guys are doing it. It's insane. Like, the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, they're 3D printing a human being. <laughs> <It's so cool. laughs> Maybe that's the way Maybe to go. <laughs> uh, so what what was it like after after your first miscarriage? And did you feel like you, like, I guess kind of, like, talk to me about you know, as much or as little detail as you want, like emotional state, physical state for both of you um, and the kind of information you were getting from your doctor. And because as we mentioned, like we don't talk about it. So for me to hear all that information from my friend, I was like, whoa, what? Oh my gosh, my brain was just swirling. So I can't imagine what it's like, like first person to um, have all that in stuff. <laughs> yeah. Bye. You go first. Um, I think I was just completely blindsided because we, um, we had been for initial scans and we had a heartbeat. And as I said, we had that like blissful ignorance that comes with a, a first pregnancy. So we had told our parents and some, we were going back to Australia actually for a vacation. So we had told our parents and some family and some close friends on that trip and even though we were only six weeks at that point, we're like, okay, we're together in person and what can go wrong? Like we got a, a positive pregnancy test. There was a heartbeat, like, and once again, like when you get a heartbeat, they say that the statistics of miscarriage drop so much so that, you know, it's, mm -hmm. we thought it was a sure thing. So yeah. I think returning to America and then having that first initial scan to be told that there's no longer a heartbeat. Like I, was completely like blindsided and gutted and like nothing can prepare you for that grief. Um, mm. And I was just in a, a complete state of shock. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. from my perspective, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, like I said, like it's kind of like you, you go to the appointment and you're not expecting something to, to go wrong. Yeah. So it's definitely like very, very overwhelming. Um, and yeah, like it's difficult to like, talk to your friends and family about it. Like I you know, told the people that we told that we were pregnant that we had a miscarriage. And then mm. um, it takes a lot of time, uh, a lot of time to, I think, recover from that. <clears throat> and also when we were speaking to the, the doctors, you know, they were like, it's, you know, it's your, the first miscarriage happens all the time. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, that oh, was man. kind of the messaging. So I, I think it's, it's definitely hard to, to, to take, but also I think the way the, the communication with with like the the doctor's facility was all like very positive and just this is this happens it's one off you know, everything's gonna mm -hmm. be fine and yeah mm. yeah and I would say like there's a lot of as a woman there's a lot of shame that I felt and I'm mm. as you said I'm like very open with our story now but that's like three and a half years later back yeah. on day one when we had business carriage um, aside from those you know, a handful of people that we told we were pregnant and then had to retrospectively tell we weren't, no one knew about the miscarriage and it was kind of a guarded secret. Um, and with each subsequent miscarriage, we protected that secret even more so. So mm. I think almost 18 months went on before we told anybody about our second pregnancy or our second miscarriage. Mm. And it was only when we had our third miscarriage that we really needed to like we realized that we needed more support than just the two of us yeah. and it was only then that I really started to share about my story and that was I guess two and a half years after the first miscarriage yeah, yeah. wow 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you have your miscarriage and do you feel like the doctors helped informed you and do you feel like you had information or were you doing a lot of research and information seeking for yourself? I think after that initial miscarriage, I was like, oh, okay, like that's the one strike. So now like the next one, like I'm good. that's our baby. Like yeah, we exactly. had, yeah. we had the one that everyone talks about, you know, that common first miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And, and because we were told that it's so common, we didn't think to do any genetic testing on the embryo, which is an option um, that mm-hmm. we chose not to. Um, and retrospectively, that's probably something that, would have given us more insight into why that pregnancy wasn't viable. Um, I don't think we knew though at the time. Yeah, we just no, didn't we didn't. No one told. Oh wow! I've never heard of the genetic testing on the embryo. What would what kind of information does that tell you? So that basically like tests for any abnormal chromosomes. Um, mm-hmm. The common ones being trisomy twenty one or any type of like um mosaic or duplication or missing chromosome in the dna that would lead to a non-viable pregnancy um and some of the like with that there's no knowing like when the pregnancy would end um but they they know from doing that test that it wasn't a viable pregnancy or not compatible with life yeah and it was only on our third miscarriage that we carried out that test Mm. Yeah. And how, what was the time frame or like, how did you, because what I've learned from my friend is the closer you, the closer you get pregnant to your miscarriage, the more likelihood it is to be successful. And the longer you wait to get pregnant, the smaller the chances get for it being successful. Um, Was there, were you given that information? Did you guys like try right away again or I also imagine like from talking to my friend that there's, there's gotta be so much emotional stress to try, to, to try right away. I just, she was like, I don't know if I'm prepared to try right away, right away again, even though my doctor's urging me to. I think with, um, and I think depending on whether or not it is a spontaneous miscarriage or there needs to be medical intervention, which there was with mine, um, because it turned out I had miscarried two weeks earlier, but mm. it was what's known as a silent miscarriage. Um, so my body was holding onto the pregnancy thinking that it was still viable, um, mm. which meant that there needed to be intervention. So obviously with that, there was a longer recovery time. And I think we were just in no emotional state right. to move forward. Um, I would say it was probably, what do you think about, was it six months? About six months, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then on that second time, we fell pregnant, like that first try again. So our mm. problem was never conceiving. It was yeah. sustaining the pregnancy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Did you have something? No. Oh, um, sorry. I'm totally spearheading. So whenever no, you want to okay. jump in, just jump in. And so now you're, now you're in IVF. Did you, what was kind of the transition? What made you all transition into IVF? Kind of talk about that pathway. It's so interesting. And this is something that Chris and I speak about regularly because 
for us, IVF was never on the cards. It was something that I was like very early into our journey, even with the miscarriages, I was adamant that it wasn't a route that I wanted to go down. I was just kind of of the belief that if it wasn't going to happen naturally, then maybe it wasn't for us. And maybe it was a sign that it wasn't meant to be. Um, but then I think with each miscarriage and pregnancy, the desire to become a parent became even stronger. Mm -hmm. And there was almost this like unrelenting desire to make it happen. Um, And I think for us, we're in our late thirties, I get, no, would you say, what are we, mid thirties, late (laughs) thirties? Yeah, I'm 37, Chris is 38. Um, So we knew that, I mean, once again, like, society tells you that time is not on your side um um, even without first pregnancy I was 34 35 and I think I was referred to as a geriatric mother so I hate that (laughs) I know they really need to change the name for that because same with my friend who just had a miscarriage she's 36 and yeah her doctor's like hurry up or you're going to be, I mean, or she already is considered a geriatric yeah. pregnancy, which is just so crazy that they can call it that. Just... <laughs> I know. So I think we had the pressure of time against us or feeling like time was against us. Um, and then with our third miscarriage, the one that we did have genetically tested, and it turns out that that was a um, chromosomal abnormality um, and the the baby just was not compatible with life. Um, That was when our obstetrician actually suggested that, you know, IVF might be an option to rule out any future abnormalities and to try and get a perfect embryo. Um, So it was something that we, you know, we, we did a lot of research and we definitely took stock of where we were at from you know, a mental health perspective before we jumped into IVF. Um, and I think I mean, probably ourselves included, like you go into IVF thinking that it's a quick fix or a sure thing. And that's definitely not the case. I think we had our first consult over 12 months ago and then there was like F full start with COVID. Um, so mm-hmm. I think we weren't prepared for it to be a long game after, you know, an already two and a half year journey. Um, yeah. But we, I think after like speaking to the doctor and speaking to experts in the maternal health world, we realized that was going to be our best chance of conceiving a healthy and hopefully viable pregnancy. Um, And we opted to do what's called pre-implantation genetic testing, where they can test the embryos prior to implantation to check that it's a healthy embryo. yeah that's crazy wow yeah and how long are you into your IVF journey so we yeah so there was a false start with COVID we um yeah ironically like this time last year we were boarding a plane to Australia for a vacation and (laughs) yeah you know they like we got wind of this coronavirus and we weren't really sure you know the extent of it um and we literally got back to New York when everything shut down. Yeah. So when oh, wow. we had the first shutdown and at that point, you know, I already had estrogen patches on my stomach. I was at the airport in Australia, like ordering my fertility drugs, but I was hesitant because I was like, I just feel like this isn't going to go ahead. Um, 
<laughs> and then when we got back, the clinic, yeah, yeah. We were like, are you sure that we can like go ahead with this like program given like the whole world shutting down? <laughs> right, right. And that, they obviously hadn't decided to to close the the clinic yet, but we thought it was going to happen. Yeah. So, wow. and I think we saw it from a very like we were almost like outside of the bubble looking in because we were trapped like trying to get back to New York which ended up being a like almost 40 hour journey because of cancellations and so I think we felt like the world was falling apart and so like all the like research department and a lot of stuff was filtering around so I think it was pretty obvious at least to us that we're just going to shut everything down so I'm glad we called them up before we like ordered the that's really yeah, yeah. That's smart that's smart <laughs> so yeah so that was a false start back in like february yeah this time last year and then i think we did our first round of egg retrieval we did a retrieval in june yep. is that right and then yep. we did our second retrieval in august um and the reason we did two was to bank a nice number of embryos they recommend mm-hmm. if you you know have two embryos for every one child that you want because once again not every transfer is successful Mm -hmm. um and these are all the things that you just don't realize going into the process so you learn a lot along the way wow yeah 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 um so then where yeah we um have a nice little bank of healthy embryos which are awesome tested um and now we're just kind of yeah waiting for that next that next step yeah. Wow. Um, Chris, I'd love to hear your point of view. Like how, how has this journey been for you mentally and emotionally? Because I know it's so much, it's obviously very focused on the women because it's our bodies and we have to go through it. But in the beginning, men are equal part in this journey, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. as, as the baby grows, obviously it's more the women's responsibility. Um, but as I get deeper into this world of fertility and infertility and whatnot, you know, it it obviously is very focused on the women. And I keep thinking about Corey, like what, what's, what are the men going through? Like, so I'm I'm very curious to hear your point of view. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been very, very difficult. I think like as a, a male, at least like it's hard to sometimes talk to your friends or whoever about like what's going on in your life and how you're feeling really and being vulnerable. So I think like that's, I think women are obviously much better at doing that. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where like, it's almost like you feel like you're weak for like being vulnerable and whatnot. So I think mm. um, that aspect has been hard, particularly like, because we generally kept the, the the extent of our journey pretty like close to home. Um, and you also feel really like helpless. Like as yeah. a man, I think you want to try and like support your partner and, or fix something. Like, how can I fix this? And you can't fix it. And, you know, it's a really like, it's to use a running analogy, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to accept that you're not always going to get good news as well. Like there's no, particularly with the, 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 we were already kind of fatigued going into the IVF process, just given it's been so long. Um, And, you know, like IVF, like clearly, clearly like works, Um, it's proven the science isn't perfect and then you know everyone's body and journey is different so you've really um yeah you've really got a yeah it takes it's 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 a hard journey and you know you've ultimately just like have to remain hopeful um and be patient and like you can't hack it like there's no hack to 
yeah pregnancy or so it, it's yeah it's difficult and um yeah well it's it's been a it's been a challenge to go through well yeah. thank you for sharing i i hear that it's difficult to talk to other people about stuff i struggle with that also just in general but yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing appreciate yeah. it yeah but there's there's i feel like there's just so many resources for for women even though we don't talk about it that much like i think we still know maybe at least one person personally who has been through a miscarriage so we have people to lean on and i just feel like there's not a lot of places for men to go to for as you said, like help, advice, like lean on. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's another reason why we wanted to talk to both of you is so that we could have this opportunity to have male and female perspective because, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I guess we learned along the way is that it takes a village. Um, it And that's when we realized that this beast was bigger than just what we could control and what we could handle and what our, like just checking in with our own emotional bandwidth. Um, and throughout the process, we like, we each have our own therapist that we speak to. Um, we obviously have our reproductive endocrinologist who's an amazing, you know, just support. Um, I have a fertility acupuncturist. I've Mm. seen, you know, (laughs) um, lots of energy healers and, you know, Reiki practitioners and, there's so many people that go into this because I think something that I learned, um, yes, it's like about having a baby, but the goal isn't just pregnancy. I think it's an opportunity to take stock of your whole life and look at your values and look at, you know, your relationship um, and to put the work in now because it's probably one of those only opportunities before a baby does come that you have that time and that, I would say that attention to really kind of pour in the self-love and self-care and self-compassion. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's been a big kind of turning point. I, I think that's where we got our strength from. And as Chris said, it's like having that unrelenting, like hope that it will happen. Yeah. And I think something that I always, you know, said to myself was, you know, um, I don't need to know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. I just need to know that our baby is coming. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've like clung to for the last three and a half years. Like I've never wavered from the fact that our baby is coming. I just don't know the details and I'm not in control of that because no one is. Yeah. 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 That's, that's beautiful. I, in our journey, I feel like I've gone through, I've definitely gone through like waves and emotions Mm -hmm. and a lot of like, God, I really hope this is the month and like really holding on and then other months and I'm like, that's cool. It'll happen when it happens. Like, I just know it will. And I don't like, as you said, like, you know, who knows the time or when it's going to happen. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I think it's funny when on the other side, before we were trying, when people would, I would hear people say like, oh, you just got to relax. And then you know, once you've relaxed, it like happens then. And now that I'm in this journey, I'm like, fuck relaxing. Like, what? Yeah. I'm like, relax. <laughs> or like, put your legs up the wall after sex. Do a handstand. Like, do all these things. Um, and that's like one thing that I I keep reminding myself is like, stay in your own lane. Like, yeah. And that was a big thing coming into infertility. It's kind of like, 
dieting what works for someone like just because mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston does Atkins I'm not oh. going to look like her if I do it it's like yeah. stick to your protocol that's recommended by your doctor and it's like surrounding your see- yourself with a team that is so supportive that you wholeheartedly believe has the you know your best interests at heart yeah. and they're the ones that are going to get you over the line so for me it's like stay in your own lane don't look at what people are doing on the internet don't compare yeah. your egg retrieval numbers to theirs don't look at what mm-hmm. their meds are um, yeah. stay off the internet um <laughs> and kind yeah. Of just, yeah like have that trust in like your own protocol and your own yeah. because there's so many things out there and honestly like every person is going to have their protocol or their diet or their way of doing something which i think is like amazing to have those resources but at the end of the day i think you've really got to like find that sense of self and that grounded place from within so that you you can then decide what's the best course of action for you yeah Mm. just one more thing i was going to say yeah you can feel like you're in your own like little vortex where you're kind of stuck in time and it feels like your life just isn't like you're moving forward um so like that that's another kind of difficult aspect i think where you kind of we like we were just talking about obviously like 2017 like it's 2021 so it can yeah. feel like you know you're in this own oh, your own like kind of yeah. vortex of time but time is wow. moving and just we just like can't really remember like really clearly the yeah. last couple of years we're just like oh is Dang. it when did it all start we were yeah. trying to work it out before we wow. like jumped on it's a blur yeah. Yeah. um one resource that i love um is a book called spirit baby and that's something that I I think came across shortly after the first miscarriage and I've it's one of those books that every time I recommend it to somebody I give them my copy and then I have to buy another copy because I want to read it again so I think I've like had (laughs) you know three or four copies now um but it's a really beautiful book um and it just kind of comes at conception from a I guess a spiritual component where it's not just when you decide that you're ready to have a baby that it's going to happen you've got this like third little soul and this like light beam that's Mm. out in the universe and they have their own journey and their own life's path and purpose and who's to say when you know the ideal time of conception is for them to start their journey so I think for me, it was just like surrendering to something greater than us and realizing that I wasn't in control of when this little person enters the world um, because it's not my, it's not my life journey. It's yeah. theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Um, I, when I had post, I think we've covered most of the questions, but when I posted um, for questions, someone had asked um, at the start of their IVF journey or even before, did you feel your gyno gave you all of the information and stats? Which I think, I feel like we covered, but. I feel like they did, definitely. Um, Yeah, they said, and even speaking to our reproductive endocrinologist on that first consult, she said, look, you can continue to try naturally and, you know, eventually it'll probably work, but there's nothing to say, like, there's no guarantee how many more miscarriages you may have. Um, so for us, I think we were ready to like bring in the experts and bring in a little yeah. bit of science. Um, but yeah, I feel like we were very well informed on the statistics and that it, once again, it wasn't a, a sure thing, but it was likely that it would 
you know, work in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you said, you know, there's not like, don't compare yourself. There's not like a one size fits all. But since you are a health coach and you do work with women, are there any tips of thing of things we we should or should not be doing? I guess male and female. Are there any suggestions that you have in the health world? <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important that you say like the male and female, because I think so often like we forget about our poor partners and the mm-hmm. males that make up 50% of this future baby. Um, and that's one thing that I always, you know, check in with my clients when they start any program with me is to make sure that they have the support of their partner. And, you know, is their partner also taking care when it comes to their diet and their nutrition and their physical health? Are they getting movement? Are they also practicing some type of like stress management, whether or not that's meditation or some type of mindfulness practice that helps them to kind of recenter and ground. Um, But one of the, I think for me, it's like making sure that it's a a diet based on whole foods, try and limit any inflammatory products, um, steer clear from processed foods. Um, I don't like to... As I said, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So I look at what each client has got going on, whether or not they have any digestive Mm -hmm. concerns. And for me, it's kind of getting to the root of any problems that may or may not be linked to their fertility journey. Um, But I think, as I said, like it's a big opportunity to look at someone's whole health, like mind, body, spirit, and make sure that they have the support on all levels because as much as it is a physical journey it's also so much a mental journey and I think it's so important to to take a step back at every stage of the journey before diving into that next step and just checking in to make sure that you're ready to to make that next step um because it can feel like you know with time running against you and you've got that goal of a baby you just want it to happen as quickly as possible but sometimes there's so much to be said for pausing and taking a breath and taking a month off and just yeah. kind of, you know, not letting really it rule your life. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting thing to hear you say that. Yeah. Cause you'd think that people are just like, go, 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 you know, like take a step back. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. We we're going to be later. We're going to be recording a podcast, <clears throat> just the two of us about our own journey. And so listeners, this is probably going to be repetitive, but I have found that there's some months where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to track everything. I'm going to be super diligent. And then there's other months where I'm like, I fucking need a break. And if it happens, cool. But like, I'm not going to look at my app. Like I'm not going to look when (laughs) I don't want to know when my period's coming. I don't want to know when ovulation's coming. I just need a break. And, um, I, I started to feel not bad about it, but I started to wonder like, is this the wrong thing to be doing? Should I be, you know, staying on track of it? And I was telling, talking to my friend and she was like, nah, nah, like we all got to take breaks. Like you need the mental health break. You need the physical break. Like it's just, you need a break sometimes and that's fine. So I'm happy to hear you say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. as Chris said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So exactly. yeah, I think it's just like, it's so important to yeah take that time out for yourself as an individual but also as a couple because I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can it can rock a solid foundation so I think to make sure that you're pouring that love 
into each other and making sure that you're checking in with each other to check how the other person is like mentally and emotionally and see what they're them with it's um because you need your your partner to be with you and if they need a break then you know it's it's time to have a you know a time out for a month or so communication yeah. is everything uh, yeah yeah and not yeah. just totally. the fertility but like that's the one thing i've learned yeah it's just like <laughs> communication is key yeah 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 we are very big on open communication and yes like you just gotta talk openly and honestly with your partner yeah for sure. exactly yeah. yeah yeah um well i would love to transition into a fun little new newlywed game 13 <laughs> years later <laughs> Love it. so this is we like to do this is a new segment we're doing with our guests 30 yes or no questions in three minutes but we're gonna make this newlywed style edition so you have your piece of paper if you haven't already let's write yes or no and we'll go through the 30 questions. We'll do Elisa first. So I'll ask the question and then you'll both hold up. So Chris, you'll answer what you think she'll say and then you'll answer for yourself. And we'll see if you're correct. <laughs> wait, wait. This is gonna be funny. How does it work? So I'll ask the question. So the first, the first one is, are you a morning person? And this is just on Elisa. So Chris, you'll say, yes, she is, or no, she isn't. And then Elisa, you'll say, yes, I am, or no, I'm not. Oh, okay. And we'll mm -hmm. see if, All right. okay. how so, well. <laughs> so we're going to start off with Chris answering for Elisa. For Elisa. And we're and asking yeah. Elisa. And Elisa. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you with us, Chris? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. First cool, one. Cool. We'll walk around the block and ponder this. I'm, okay. We're good. Corey's having a hard time grasping it, but as long as our players, our contestants are on. We're good. We're good. We're on it. <laughs> okay. Do you put sugar in your coffee? No. Oh, yes. Nice. Can pineapple be a pizza topping? Yes. 100% yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sweet. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> okay, we got one yes your and one no. Your faces were so funny. Oh my god, your faces were both like, "Is it?" <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. Do you believe in aliens? Oh. Yes. Yes. Elisa <laughs> was like, "I don't know." I'm like, I just want to believe, but I feel like there's something, there's out, something there. out there. I'm not a big for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer movies over shows? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you blamed do you have a, do you have siblings? Yes. Okay. Have you blamed a brother or sister for something growing up? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, have you ever broken up with someone via text? I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> yes. Oh! <laughs> Nice. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> awesome. Um, I also think I know the answer to this question. Do you prefer cats over dogs? I was like, no. no Big dog people. <laughs> Big dog people. Nice. We started with cats, now we have a dog, so we are impartial. Um, do you order pancakes over waffles? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know sometimes the questions you really have to think about it. I know. Yeah. I need to like think about it backwards. Phrasing them. Would you prefer a, ve a beach vacation rather than 
a hotel in a city. Nice. Yes, beach vacation. Do you like to read a book instead of a Kindle? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Very predictable. You're getting yeah. <laughs> nice. Have you ever stolen money from your parents' wallet? As Elisa, I think she would. <laughs> oh, we got a no, no from Elisa and a yes to... from Chris. Not from the wallet. I used to take it from my dad's console in his car. Ah, there <laughs> you go. The coins in the middle of the, the year. coins. <laughs> okay. Would you choose to have one extra hour in a day if that meant you could not sit down? So you get the extra hour, but you can't sit down. Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. Have you ever laughed until you cried? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Have you ever laughed until you peed? I was just about to say, <laughs> I thought that's what yes. the first question was. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Have you ever been skinny dipping? <laughs> yeah. she, Lisa's unsure. <laughs> Reluctantly, yes. Chris, though, yes, he knew right away. <laughs> he remembered. Do you? I probably had too much to drink. <laughs> Do you prefer sweet over salty? Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can you watch scary movies alone? No. no. Very no. quick no on yeah, both. Same. <laughs> same. Same. No. Same. Same. No, thank you. Yeah. Stranger Things is about as scary as I can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you sing a song in its entirety without listening to it? <laughs> Very quick. Chris says no. <laughs> I'm a one hit Kinda. <laughs> one chorus have, wonder. <laughs> have you ever written someone a love poem? No. No. Some analytical thinkers over there. <laughs> Would you go to Mars if it was colonized? Yeah. No, and yes, <laughs> Chris thinks you would. <laughs> Yeah, it's a six-month journey, so you'd lose six yeah. months of your life. But <laughs> Exactly, yeah. yeah. Gravity's way less up there, so maybe you live longer. <laughs> Who knows? If you won the lottery, would you tell your family and friends? Oh, I'm Elise said no. Elise. Chris says yes. Elise, I'm the same. I, I, Elise, I would. Conversation, and we said, like, if it was a certain amount, we would, and then yeah. if it wasn't, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to play an instrument? Not very well. Yes, yes. yes. What Still do you counts. What do you play, or what do you know a little of? I the violin. Lovely. Nice. What about you, Chris? No, I don't. No. <laughs> oh, oh, I th oh, I thought you had a yes up. Sorry. Again, For Corey me. doesn't know. Corey doesn't know how we're playing this game. Again, I, I also can't read. So. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> have you ever gone to the store in your pajamas? I think you would have. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Have you ever cried yourself to sleep? Yes. Yes. Aww. Yes. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. 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 <laughs> Have you ever told someone you would keep their secret but told it anyway? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't mean, we all? Shouldn't start a sentence with 
I mean, I tell you this, but don't tell anyone. Right? I know. It's like, ooh. Especially yeah. when you have such a close, like, relationship with your spouse. Like, I feel like sometimes when people tell me secrets, I'm like, but this is known that I'm going to tell Corey, right? Like, Probably. you have to say. <laughs> you have to say if you don't want me to tell Corey or not. <laughs> Do you think people can change? Yes, yes. Have you ever blamed a fart on someone else? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay so that was 30 for lisa now we're going 30 for chris so now lisa answered no sweetheart just just say yes and go along with it now i'm yeah pretending now yes now you're answering for chris are you a morning person chris yes yes do you put sugar in your coffee no no can pineapple be a pizza topping? Yes. Can you film it? Oh. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Yes, yes. We learned from the last one. <laughs> Do you believe in aliens, Chris? Yes. <laughs> Do you prefer movies over shows? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Have you blamed a brother or a sister for something growing up? Have you broken up with someone via text? He's nicer than I am. (laughs) Um, We all know this one. Do you prefer cats over dogs? No. Can I get dogs? No. No, no, (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Do you order pancakes over waffles? Yes. 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 Correct. Would you do a beach vacation over a hotel in a city? Yes. yes. I feel like two Aussies are going to k- yeah, pick beach, 100%. right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> do you like to read a book instead of a Kindle? Yes, um, yes. So, f- so yeah. far there have been no wrong answers. This is impressive. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> have you ever <laughs> stolen money from your parents' wallet? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Would you choose to have an extra hour in the day if it meant you couldn't sit down? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> have you ever laughed until you cried? No. Yes. Funny. Oh, Chris has cried. <laughs> um, have you ever laughed until you peed? No. No. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, have you ever been skinny dipping? No. no, no. Do you prefer sweet over salty? Yeah, you have yes. a chocolate obsession. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yes. Nice. <laughs> um, can you watch a scary movie alone? You could, but you don't. I think I could. I'm not allowed to. no scary movies in the apartment (laughs) no bad juju um can you sing a song in its entirety without listening to it no way way. way. (laughs) have you ever written someone a love poem (laughs) no no (laughs) would you go to mars if it was colonized you know the answer yeah apparently why not yes why not (laughs) yolo and terraformed (laughs) But that's, yeah. 
If you won the lottery, would you tell your family and friends? I mean, yeah. Honesty. Yes, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Do you know how to play an instrument? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Have you gone to a store in your pajamas? No. 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 <laughs> Have you cried yourself to sleep? No. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? I do. Yes, nice. yes. Have you ever told someone you'd keep their secret but told it anyway? I don't like yes. you guys, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think people change or can people change? Yes. 100%. Yeah. I think 100%. Everyone changes every time. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever blamed a fart on someone else? <laughs> Yes, yes. Nice. Well okay. done. Nice. That I that round was very good. I mean, both rounds very good. Rounds very similar very good. answers. You know each other very well. Congratulations. Yeah. I think we, we know each other. And we've also, I said the other day, I think we've kind of like morphed into the same person. After, I think like, that sometimes too, yeah. Living yeah. together and being together for so long. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> um, well, we like to finish off with a laugh. So we like to, what made you laugh recently? And then what's maybe something stupid or embarrassing so we can knock our egos down and laugh at each other for stupid things we did. Um, I'll start because mine just happened. Um, Cor I let Corey sleep in this morning and I was with the dog on the couch. And <laughs> he likes to sometimes he'll put his back paws on the couch and he'll put his front paws on the ground and stretch nice and big, kind of like down dog, stick his butt in the air. <laughs> and he did that and two toots came out. And then <laughs> as he was stepping his feet on the ground, a third toot came out. And I just was, I was reading she my was book. She was dying. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. And I woke up to her laughing like super hard. But it's just a great way to wake up. It was awesome. It's like you wake up to your wife to, I was trying to keep my laugh quiet because I knew he was sleeping, but it was just so funny to me. And then, of course, I'm laughing at myself that I'm a five-year-old laughing at a dog farting. Dude, it was so funny. Oh, God. You just, you sometimes you smell them, but well, you like, don't hear them. If I could wake up like that every day, oh, my God. Like, imagine waking up to someone laughing. Because... Laughter is contagious, you know? It's like, I don't know, it's funny because I started laughing. I don't even know what you were laughing at. Like, this is so stupid. Human beings are so funny, man. I don't know how, how we work. That's great. Anything make you guys laugh recently? We, so it's coming up to our six-year anniversary in New York. And mm -hmm. just this last week, we were laughing at, like, all of the stupid things that I did when we moved here. Like, I was convinced that I could take a twin mattress on the subway unassisted on my own <laughs> so i like i got it out of kmart and they're like are you sure you're gonna be fine i'm like yeah yeah it's fine and then i got it to the sidewalk and i'm like i ain't not gonna get this through the turnstile i can't even carry it um and it took like three ubers like past me before anyone would pick me up and then finally got Just it you into your like, mattress hailing a cab the mattress and then i think that same week we had a couch delivered and the delivery guys are like, it's not going to go around the hallway. Like it's not going to fit. And I'm like, just leave it with me. I'll do it. And I wedged it and got it stuck in our hallway, but I couldn't get over it and I couldn't get under it. Huh. So I had to call Chris and he had to come home from work and rescue me. And so, the, oven on, the best part yeah. was had the oven on at the other part of the apartment. Stop it. Oh, oh no. Oh my God. 
So yeah, we were just laughing at the ridiculous things Ooh, I did when we moved that's here. That's great. Oh <clears throat> my gosh. When we first moved here, Corey found a, a like a bookshelf on Craigslist and he same thing, he was like, I could do this. It's just a light <laughs> empty bookshelf. And he well he did end up carrying it home, which I think is much easier than a mattress. Um, but yeah, we and then I, our first year I think we brought a Christmas tree on the subway. We, we took an eight foot Christmas tree <laughs> on the fucking subway. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> People were just like, people were just like, look at, this, <laughs> look at these idiots. Look at these idiots over here. I and mean, street theater. Look at these. Oh people. my God, it's so funny. Uh, anyone else have anything funny? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, I had an insane day yesterday. We, uh, I basically had like a full day in the office of like editing and finishing projects and then a full day of shooting. Um, and my business partner and I were like super tired. We had both been at the office since like nine and the, um, the elevator in our, in our office building is down. And like, oh, no. as we're turning the corner onto our street, I go, yo dude, we were so tired and so hungry. I was like, also we have to haul this heavy ass shit up the stairs. And I just started <laughs> laughing like hysterically. Cause I was like, this is so just our luck. Like at the, the end of like a really cake. hard day, like. To carry 500 pounds of equipment up three flights of stairs. And, I, oh, man, I was di- I don't know why I thought it was so funny because I was about to cry. I was just like, this is... like that delirium. When delirium yeah. sits yeah. anything is funny. funny. Like, everything yeah. is funny. Well, my business partner and I were, like, we're, like, super tight. And so, like, he started laughing. And it was just, like, you know, just give her, like, ah, let's fucking, here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. But it was just funny for, like, because it was so sad. <laughs> no elevator. <laughs> Those are the moments you love so hard and you just think yeah. about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, anything funny or was your funny laughing at Elisa? <laughs> I mean, generally the funny is, is laughing at Elisa, but the, the one <laughs> thing I can think of is um, our dog Bruce is well known on our street. And everyone's uh-huh. got a dog and we all know the dog's names. Um, and there's this really sweet old lady that thinks Bruce's name is Russell. Um, <laughs> and... Or like the first four or five times that she met him, she would say, oh, that's Russell. And I'd be like, oh, no, his name is Bruce. Um, and like, she just loves him. And then eventually we just gave up and just went with it. So I we saw her that's the day amazing. and I was like, oh, hi, Russell. And then gave him a pad and I was like, yeah, come on, Russell, oh. let's go. So we now his name just is go with it. His name is Russell. Yeah. And I'm I sure Bruce is like, what? It's been, yeah, it's been three years and people are like, I used to are work you... at a coffee shop oh. and there were people that would call me Zach and Joey <laughs> and I just never corrected them because I'm like who am I to change what they think about what they think my name should be yeah when you said that that reminded me so Corey's business partner his fiance is from Australia and he often says that he needs to change his accent because he's like, no one can understand me here. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I'm sure you can relate. Oh so God. we were on a walk with both of our dogs and their dog's name is Joe. And someone walking up was like, oh, what's his name? And our friend Pete said Joe in his Australian said, accent. Jar. <laughs> Jar. And so the guy was like, Jor? Like J-O-R-E? Jor? And then Pete goes, no, Joe. Jor? 
<laughs> Jar? And then, and then he spells it, no, J-O-E. And so then the guy thinks his name is J-O-E. <laughs> I can absolutely relate to that. that I'm, I'm sure. Dude. All the time, and we just working on like rolling our eyes. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, well, when her mo- when her mother met, his name is Pete. He introduced himself and he's like, "Hi, I'm I'm Pete." But he said, "I'm Pate," and she's like, "Pate? What's that short Pate? for? What's that short for?" And he goes, "Peta." <laughs> My mom's still so embarrassed to it to this day. She's like, "Oh, you mean Pate?" <laughs> That's a good Aussie accent, though. <laughs> But I have Siri. My Siri is Aussie. Like I love, I love the accent. Yeah, we it's love an Australian accent. It's my favorite. Yeah, we were laughing at like the stupid like, what are they even called? Like Aussie slang, and like uh-huh. the things that we forgot were so common. Like, like if you hand someone a document, you're like, oh, can you just take a squiz at this? Which means like, take a look. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't like chicken like chalky, or something like that? Someone told me about is maybe I'm like thinking fried chicken, chalky. What is chalky? Chalky. He was telling me about chalky. Well, also I've learned that chalky is chocolate. (laughs) Oh, okay. Maybe that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've also learned from Pete that like we hear him say things and we think that it's like Australian people say this, (laughs) but it's actually just what he says. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's funny. That's so funny. Um, anyone do anything stupid or embarrassing recently? I feel like I did. Um, oh, well, I <laughs> I went to, we went, my sister just moved out of New York to Austin and we went to have dinner, goodbye, like a goodbye dinner. And now since everything, you have to sit outside, I was this close to not putting on like jeans and real clothes because I thought I was just going to be eating in my down, full length down jacket. And so I was like, well, why do I even need to put on clothes if I'm going to have my jacket on the whole time? And then I was like, no, okay, I'll put on clothes. And I have these pair of jeans that I really love, but there's a little hole, a little rip in the back pocket. And I was like, well, I'm going to have my jacket on the whole time. They're really comfortable. I'm going to wear these jeans because, you know, who cares? And then we get there and I didn't realize that this restaurant had a back patio that was like very fully heated and maybe even slightly illegal because I was like, is this outside or is this inside? But it was techni- technically a patio. And I walk in and everyone, no one has their jacket on and it's very warm. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> okay, it's a, so, it's a huge rip, huge so, rip. So I'm glad that I wore, I'm glad that I wore pants and I'm just, I can't get up. I can't stand up because I have a hole in my jeans. <laughs> so that was something very stupid and could have been an embarrassing moment, but luckily I never had to stand up. <laughs> I love that. Lucky you didn't get and, out in pajamas. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah, and now I know that I will not wear those jeans. I Even though I love them, I will say goodbye to them. <laughs> <laughs> anyone else uh I, I don't know what did i do i always do embarrassing stuff that you like she likes to keep track of all the things i do that are embarrassing <laughs> well he's like i don't get embarrassed and then he does no, things i and... it's not that i don't get embarrassed i actively avoid in every <laughs> moment of my life to not be embarrassed so i don't yeah, know i can't i can't think of I anything i can't think of anything i got nothing yeah anyone else uh i've got a this is probably my like most stupid or embarrassing moment ever it was like this time last year we were like just getting ready to go to australia and i ducked around the corner to get a pedicure and it's like winter and i'm in my like thongs and my flip-flops got the pedicure and then 
ducked in, grabbed a bottle of wine, and I'm like, as you do, as you do, like don't need it. As, yeah, as it was do, actually yeah. for a gift, so I wasn't <laughs> drinking the wine. It was for our dog sitter. Um, and then so I get out of the wine store. I don't get a bag because I'm like just around the corner. And then I have like a blowout, and my thong, like the plug, snaps. And I'm like, oh shit! Thong, I'm your get shoe, not your on underwear. my shoe. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. I knew what you meant. There's plugs in thongs. <laughs> what? So they're like that thing that goes between your toes. Yeah. And yeah. You can snapped. say thong. It's okay. So I'm now like shuffling down the street, trying to like squeeze it in my toes so I'm not barefoot. Um, and with my bottle of wine. <laughs> laughing hysterically to myself because like what the fuck has just happened and then I was like oh I'll go into the dollar store and just get some shoes yeah so shuffled in there still like laughing to myself like a, <laughs> with my bottle of wine like a drunk idiot um and it's winter so all they have is slippers so I have to buy oh a pair my of God. fluffy slippers <laughs> which I that ruined your pedicure so then I'm in the fluffy slippers with my bottle of wine, laughing hysterically to myself, trying to like shuffle home. Nice. That's a win. Oh but my yeah. gosh. That's a win. I love it. And then I haven't been outside again since then. <laughs> and that was the last time I stepped that outside. Was the last time no, I one the house. no one saw the drunk girl again. That's awesome. Chris, you got anything for us? I can't think of anything recently that I've done just because I haven't been outside, <laughs> but it did yeah. trigger my memory. Um, a few years ago, I, I was like winter and I went for a run. Um, and um, I could kind of feel this, like I had like long pants on and a pair of shorts over them. And I could feel something kind of like dragging against me, but I just, I just like, well, yeah, whatever. I'll just run, do my run and I'll come back inside. I came back inside. And I realized that a pair of Elise's underwear was kind of like stuck in my shorts and hanging out the back of my shorts. That's so I awesome. So I went with a pair of Elise's underwear hanging out the back of my shorts. I don't know how they stayed on, but only when I came into the house and I was like, oh, look what I found. So, yeah, so check your pockets and yeah. Wow. Be careful. Be careful oh my gosh. Be on the inside. On the that's outside. amazing. Yeah. That's oh awesome. Oh my gosh. I would have loved to have seen you running by and people being like, what? Exactly, yeah. Oh, Thank you, I oh, didn't that's, know. So, like, yeah. so funny. That's really funny. Oh my gosh. Oh Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you both for being here. Yeah. This was so wonderful. It was great. I hope that soon we can do like a doggy date or a six feet apart social distance double date. We would love to hang out with you too yeah. in person. Yeah, that's um, fun. But yes, thank you both for being here and being so vulnerable and open with us. Um, Elisa, where can people find you if they want to know more about <clears throat> your work or what you do? Sorry, Chris, so... people don't really need to know you. <laughs> She's brutal. Um, I know, brutal honesty. Uh, so eat, heal, move. Um, do you guys have show notes? <laughs> we do, yeah. Yes, we yeah, will link everything. So, yeah, Instagram or my website, uh, Um, They can find me there. Yeah. Cool. Lovely. Well, thank oh. you all so much. It was well, yes. a pleasure to meet you guys. Yes, yeah, so fun. Likewise, yeah. this has been so much fun, and we'll have to come back for part two when we have, like, baby news. And we're actually <laughs> yes, really yes, cool. we would love that. Yeah, anytime you want to come back, you just let us know. 
you guys let us know yeah and good luck with your journey we'll be thinking of you and yeah we know it's not easy so yeah yeah, Yeah. thoughts are with you both yeah same same oh well thank you both enjoy the rest of your saturday and we'll talk soon see you next time awesome thank you so much Bye. bye I'm stealing conversation, it's about to go